This morning, on Stewardship Sunday, we conclude our series on the Minor Prophets by delving into the very last book in the Old Testament, the book of Malachi. Now, Malachi was writing to God's people after the exile, after the rebuilding of the temple, and as he gives them God's word, he lays down a challenge to the people. He gets them to imagine what would happen if, instead of just going through the motions, they really gave God his due. I think that's a good question for us to ask ourselves today as well. I don't know what you thought as you listened to the reading from Malachi chapter 3, but there are some bits that seem to speak right into our lives today. Some of it is so painful, some so hopeful, filled with the promise of the coming Christ who will put things right between God and man. Chapter 3 verse 7 says, Return to me and I will return to you. Now, many of us here today know firsthand what it has meant to return to God and to feel the wonderful love and forgiveness of Jesus. And we appreciate that we are living in the light of Christ's first coming and waiting for his return. But this morning, I want to ask what this passage means to us living at this time. What can we learn from the Old Testament decrees about sacrifices and tithes? What lies at the heart of Malachi's teachings? And does it still have a message for us? I often think that giving God his due starts with prayer. When we pray, things happen. Quite often, not the sort of things that that we were expecting. I wonder if any of you would say that God has done amazing things when you prayed. I think we're going to have a great conversation over coffee as we share those stories. Now, I wanted to tell you a story about some children who prayed. In 1860, a group of girls aged between six and nine were living at George Muller's orphanage in Ashley Down, and they started to pray. And as they prayed, God started to change their lives and the lives of those around them. As the young girls prayed, the older girls noticed how God was blessing them and they too realised that if only they would return to God, he would return to them. And so they too started to pray. What about the boys? Well, as you can imagine, it wasn't long before they noticed something was going on. In fact, children throughout the orphanage responded. And from that small group of young girls, God brought over 250 other children and young people to know the love, peace and hope that comes from a relationship with him. If that is what God did with a small group of girls, just think what he could do with us here in Camborne. And what an example we could be. As we start to pray together, Just how bright could that light burn? 
But the funny thing about prayer is that it isn't something you can just do and tick off the list and carry on as you were. We should expect prayer to change us and the situations around us too. And if we aren't willing for it to change us, well, that's when we find excuses to just go through the motions, isn't it? Or when we find things to distract us and we stop praying altogether. One of the problems that the people of Malachi's time were facing was that God didn't seem to be answering their prayers. They couldn't understand it. It left them despondent. After all, they'd rebuilt the temple and installed priests and Levites to perform offerings. But they were skimping on the sacrifices and they weren't bringing the whole tithe into the storehouse. Yes, money was tight, but that is no excuse for getting your priorities in the wrong order. In fact, it sounds like in this case, it was the wrong priorities that were causing the problems. As we heard in our reading this morning, and as you see over and over again when you read the whole book of Malachi, God is very clear that unless people give him his due in every aspect of their lives, well, they shouldn't expect him to answer their prayers. Why should he when they are robbing him, as Malachi asks? But how are we robbing God, they ask. Well, verse 8 spells it out, doesn't it? Take a look. In tithes and offerings, you are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. Well, strong words indeed. But before we can work out what they might mean to us, we need to think about what they meant to the people who first heard them. Now, loosely, the tithe meant giving one-tenth of everything to God. And the Old Testament goes into great detail about exactly what and how and when. But God wasn't just demanding taxes like some greedy feudal king. There were some very sensible, straightforward reasons for the tithe. Firstly, reading from Numbers 18, for example, we find that it served to support the tribe of Levi, who'd not been given a share of the land when it was divided between the tribes of Israel. Instead, the Levites were to receive as an inheritance the tithes of the other tribes in return for assisting the priests in performing the work, first at the tent of meeting and later in the temple. And the tenth of this was then given to the priests. So the system was designed to ensure the smooth running of the temple to support those who worked there. And the temple itself was designed to be a symbol of heaven on earth, of God's relationship with his people. And when the people of all nations saw the temple giving glory to the Lord, well, they'd get a glimpse of his great love and power in the world. Perhaps we could say, therefore, that when God asked the people to give him his due, he was asking them, and he's asking us, 
to give him glory in all that we do. But the tithe did more than that. We read in Deuteronomy chapter 14, in, in verse 28, At the end of every three years, bring all the tithes of that year's produce and store it in your towns, so that the Levites, who have no allotment or inheritance of their own, and the foreigners, the fatherless, and the widows who come to live in your towns, may come and eat and be satisfied, and so that the Lord your God may bless you in all the work of your hands. So the second reason was to help support the poor, the widows and the orphans. And this was good not just for the people being helped. What a message that sends to the surrounding nations. Can't you imagine them saying, see how these people care for each other? Wouldn't you like to live in a godly society like that? So what can we conclude? We know that God had given the people everything they had in the first place. He had every right to ask them to do their bit. But the main purpose of their giving was to spread the good news of God's love. To make such a difference to their community that all nations would call them blessed. And so more of God's children would come back into his family. But what does that mean for us? Of course, we are no longer living in the New Testament, in the Old Testament times. And so the sacrificial laws of the temple no longer bind us. But the purpose is still there. God is still calling us to give him his due. And that is in order to spread his message of love. Now, this is where studying Malachi starts to get a bit uncomfortable to read. As we ask, what does it mean for us today? What might God be asking of you? Now, I'm not asking for emotional responses here, far from it. What I'm hoping will happen is that we will all commit to praying about how we give God his due this week. And as we pray, I know that God will speak to us and start to draw out where each of us needs to focus as we look to share God's love. If you're just visiting us today from outside Camborne, then I'm sure that there is a part that God wants you to play in your home community. This week, pray that God will show you his vision for your town and how you can get involved. Or maybe there are some here who were visitors once, but have now been coming along to Camborne Church for a while. Maybe this is the time for making a public commitment of membership. We have a membership service coming up on March the 3rd. And membership is an opportunity to publicly commit yourself to the vision and values of this church and to playing your part in its common life. Is God calling you to be part of this community? What have you to offer that could help share the great message of God's love in this place? Maybe now I can talk directly to, to members of Camborne Church. 
because perhaps now is the time for each of us as members to review how we play our part. What time or skills do we have to offer to build this community to show the world about God's love? One aspect of giving God his due is of course putting our finances at his disposal. And that's why we have a Stewardship Sunday each year to remind us to review our giving, to ask if there is anything more we could give. Maybe you've not yet got round to setting up a direct debit to support the work of Camborne Church in sharing God's love. Many of us find it an easy way to manage our giving, perhaps because it means we can give easily at the start of every month, giving to God first. And the details are available on the trolley for you to take home and pray through if you want to today. It also makes it easier for our gifts to be gift-aided. But perhaps there is something else you are being called to give. Your time, your gifts, your skills. And ultimately this is a question that each of us must pray through. While we talk about giving, I want to say thank you to those who are giving so much. I want to thank those whose contributions make Camborne Church the community of God's people that it is. I want to thank those who are seeking to take God's message out to those around us. And I can only say that I am humbled by the financial and the other kinds of giving of some members. I also keep on praying that God will bring forward more people to help share these responsibilities within our community so that no one feels burdened. And as I conclude, can I just say this? The most important thing we learn from the book of Malachi is that God loves us and has promised to return to us if we return to him. We are not asked to buy his love, far from it. His love is there, unconditional. But once we have received that love, once we've felt God in our lives, we will want to share this message. And as we do this, as we pray more, he will change us. And as we offer him ourselves, he will pour back the blessings to us and to our community. So as I close, I thought we could say again these very familiar words that we say so often here in Camborne. We can pray, God, you have gathered us in this place at this time to be your church. May all that we do and are build your kingdom. Amen.